Hello everyone and welcome to this ARU podcast series, The Out of Hospital Science, a podcast series developed by student paramedics for student paramedics. On this episode, uh, which is titled Regular Callers, uh, we will try and chat about uh, the what the ambulance service is experiencing when it comes to frequent callers. Firstly, we will try and explore um, how frequent callers affect um, the ambulance service, and then we will see what the ambulance service is doing to try and reduce that stress, or how to how the ambulance service is managing um, this situation as well as they can. And then finally, we will talk about the uh, student paramedic uh, experiences and thoughts um, around this patient group. With me today, I have um, Rebecca. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself because you'll do a better job. Uh, Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm now a third year student paramedic at Anglia Ruskin University. Cool. Well, thanks very much for joining me on this episode of the Arts Hospital Science. Let's begin by um, asking you um, why are frequent callers um a problem for the ambulance service uh, i think regular callers can be seen as an issue from sort of different aspects in terms of a financial issue um they take up our resources they can often take a long period of time um i know personally i've been to regular callers that you're there an hour two hours and that's taking an ambulance off the road um also it's quite draining for a paramedic crew to constantly be going to the same patient again um and quite often they they can be presenting with issues that aren't necessarily applicable for an emergency ambulance um so i think we need to sort of make platforms where we can direct them to other avenues um to reduce the strain on ourselves yeah i agree with that i think um regular callers are still patients uh they still should be treated as patients um however i think maybe the ambulance service is not the most appropriate resource to deal with this patient group. As you say, they do put a financial stress on um, ambulance services, and then they also create um, frustration within crews because obviously these patients are very area specific. So it tends to be the same crews um, attending to these patients um, over and over again. Let's now talk about what has been made to try and um, deal with the issues that we've just raised. Um, As a student paramedic on placement, Becca, what have you noticed that has been done uh, in terms of uh, managing this patient group? Uh, Yeah, so quite often um, these patients um, have paperwork in their houses. Um, This isn't always readable and we can't always gain that much information from them so I've now realized there's a database where all this information is kept um, and any sort of specific directions that are in place to help these patients um, are all in this database you can sort of check out who's been that been to them recently um, and what sort of help they need and where we can signpost them best um, things such as um, not all our patients are able to give us a full medical history um, and allergies simple things like that um, so all of this can be found on there Um, And it's just really useful to make sure you're getting an accurate representation of this patient and you can help them in the most efficient way possible, really. Um, Because especially hospital isn't always the best thing for our patients nowadays. So it's great to be able to make sure what we're doing is really right for them. 
Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think um, the database that um, is used nowadays uh, provides with provides the clinician with quite a good insight on um, the patient's condition, their past medical history, and the reason for um, why they have uh, called previously. I think um, from control, they tend to uh, let the crews know um, when the patient is a uh, frequent caller, um, which also helps, but I think sometimes even the crews already have built a report with, with that patient. So actually, um, as a student paramedic, I found that, you know, going to frequent callers, especially when you've been to them more than once, is quite a an interesting experience because um, as paramedics, we tend to go to different patients every day, um, different presentations, different ages. Uh, yeah, completely different patient um, on every shift. Whereas when you go back to a regular caller, then I feel like you get that kind of continuity of care because you've seen them before and you're seeing them again so yeah as a student paramedic i find it quite interesting but obviously if you're working full-time in the service then i guess it can get a bit frustrating um when you're going to the same patient for a non-emergency um condition uh, on a regular basis cool that's um definitely very interesting, um, very uh, valid points raised. Why do you think, Rebecca, um, there is such a thing as frequent callers? Why do you think the ambulance service ends up with this patient group? I think, first of all, it's very easy to forget that these people are still patients, although they aren't emergent and um, they've still got issues of their own. Um, and it's quite easy as a 24 hour service we're always there for our patients they can rely on us um and when they don't know who else to turn to we're there for them um quite often these patients are quite lonely they don't really know who else to turn to they're potentially quite vulnerable so they know that if they call us we're going to come to them um if they don't know who else to call um and sometimes the, the other areas where the services should be picking up this slack they aren't always available um a lot of them are nine to five um and you know people need help at night um and there's just sort of other areas that need to be as efficient as we are i think although a lot of people say that the ambulance service is struggling we're still helping out all of these patients so i think we need to remember that we're still there for them yeah i'd say um yeah i'd agree with that i think um as a as a phenomenon this patient group has been let down by whatever service that usually cares after them and it's quite easy for them to um kind of just call us and grab a phone and call 999 um exactly because of what you've said because they know that we'll go there and we'll try and help them but um, yeah, I think, you know, as you say, they're still patients. But however, we need to recognize that maybe the ambulance service is probably not the most um, efficient service um, that these patients need. And sometimes, well, actually, it happens with quite a few patient groups that failure 
of other services end up hitting on the ambulance service because we're a 24-hour service as you say and because we tend to kind of go to anything um in the future how would you see that changing what kind of future um you know what kind of future improvements would you like to see in the ambulance service now that you're a third year and nearly graduating um i think potentially rather than it being what improvements do we need within the ambulance service it's more what sort of improvements could we have elsewhere so maybe creating an alternative pathway um where the these patients have a specific person they can contact so they know they're going to get the same sort of care each time they've got that continuity um to make sure that they feel they've got someone they can trust um so in times when they think they need a little bit of help but potentially it's not the ambulance service's responsibility they've got this alternative person they can call um and just remembering that these patients still need care um a lot of people talk about punishments or um fines for sort of over using the ambulance service um however this is so hard to sort of regulate um because at the end of the day you might not feel that this patient has an issue but at that time in that moment they had nobody else to call um so i think we need to be quite careful um introducing things like that yeah that's certainly a very good um topic that you bring into the conversation there the topic of finding patients not even regular callers but there's been talks of finding patients who call an ambulance um when it's not needed what, what's your opinion um on those things i think when it's um obviously not required things like um prank calls and things like that um i think that a fine should be introduced it should be there to deter people from using the ambulance service as a joke um, to make sure that we're there for the people who really need us. Um, but again, you need to be so careful. You don't want to make it so that children growing up think, oh, no, we can't call an ambulance um, because then one day they're going to really need us and they'll be too scared to call us. Um, so, again, it's kind of a bit of a balancing act. Um, I'm not really sure how you'd go about introducing that with that fine line. Yeah, I think personally, my opinion is that it's that fine line that, tends to that i tend to it, it's the reason why i tend to not agree with the fining um of uh unnecessary ambulance calls i think i don't know because yes there are many unnecessary calls which could be avoided and the patient is aware of that but then there's unnecessary calls caused by a lack of education from the patient which is not necessarily their fault um and then for example you've got the elderly patient that calls because they're lonely and yes an ambulance is not needed but is it their fault that they're having to kind of go to that extreme of calling 999 just because they're lonely because other services are not needed so uh, sorry are not um are not there for them um so yeah i think i tend to stay away from the idea of um ambulance fines because it would be so difficult to um determine when an ambulance has been called and is not needed and who is at fault um yeah you um you touched on a subject there about the education i think potentially a more efficient way of going about the excess of calls would be going to the source going to the schools um, and homes and things like that and talking to people about when is and isn't appropriate and um, because it ensures that throughout the generations then we've got a more um 
we've got more people calling for the right reasons um, and then they're not scared they just know when is appropriate um, so that might be a better way of ensuring that this that the excess of calls is reduced yeah i think i definitely agree with that the problem should not be tackled with fines but hopefully with better education um and i think because i i think there has been some campaigns um where better education um has been done through um advertisements on like the ambulances and on posters and that actually i think i believe that this actually created a rise in the number of calls to the ambulance service so i think maybe more appropriately and especially now that um we've got first aids um as a compulsory um subject in the secondary school curriculum i think part of that um first aid training that secondary students will receive should be um when it is appropriate to call for an ambulance and i think that could really make a difference in 10 20 years time um to the number of calls that the ambulance service will receive um yeah i don't know if you've got anything else to add no i think you sort of covered everything there um it's making sure that we're stopping the, the stopping the miss i can't even think of the word stopping the people thinking it's appropriate to call for an ambulance when it isn't um and gaining that sort of respect for the ambulance service so potentially it would be worthwhile sort of advertising where our skills lie i think how the degree is essential um it might be beneficial to advertise this just so that people have a bit more respect for us um and know what we're used for essentially um because it might just be that they're calling us because they don't know what we can and can't do um so yeah this might help yeah um i agree with that however i also see a point where if you advertise that paramedics have a three-year degree behind them then um patients are more likely to call because you know then we're going to be used as um a primary care service which i think which is i think it is where we're heading to um where ambulance services are heading into um but yeah there certainly needs to be a bit of a reshuffle in the sense we educate um young people about the use of the ambulance service and hopefully um, a difference will be noted in a few years time for now uh, i think this concludes the episode um thank you very much for coming once again um and talking to us rebecca uh and yeah for those of you who are listening in um they will be there will be another episode next week so um talk to you then